betting inside the top 10 because we are on the eve of the NFL draft. There are about 24 hours until the draft happens, and I still do not know who the Houston Texans are taking at pick two. And it's killing me because it's going to be a massive domino for mock draft accuracy contests, which are the things that I care about, obviously, if you know me. But you probably don't care about that. You're here to make money. I like money too, but I do actually care about my mock draft more than money, believe it or not. But today's podcast is going to focus on providing actionable info regarding betting the draft. I'm, I've, I've gone through the landscape of mainly DraftKings and Caesars, and I'm going to talk about my favorite draft bets to make. Again, although I do typically well in mock draft accuracy contests, there are two caveats. Obviously, you hear from everyone. The NFL draft is extremely unpredictable. Last year, per mockdraftdatabase.com, my mock draft finished 19th among 1,300 experts. That's great and all, but I only hit on seven picks out of 32. So that's an extremely low rate, and it may surprise a lot of you. Yet, it was still such a great score. And my scores were even higher in the previous three years. But again, hitting on 10 out of 32 picks... That's an excellent mock draft. Now, accuracy contest grade other things such as how close you are, right position to the uh, but wrong player to the same team, how many players you correctly get in round one, cumulative variance, that kind of stuff. But you should know that mocking the draft is very different than betting the draft. And so first, I wanted to mention that the draft is extremely unpredictable. And second, I want to mention that my expertise, if you will, is mocking the draft and not necessarily betting the draft. I'm not a betting expert, but I am getting asked on or about what are my favorite bets that I've seen, like on a DraftKings or like a Caesars app, which are the mainly the two that I've kind of looked through. So let's get started. Again, hard to bet inside the top 10, but one that stands out is Detroit plus 700 taking Will Anderson. And some of these lines may change slightly by the time you're hearing this, whether it's the day of the draft or the night before it. But plus 650 taking Will Anderson to go to pick six specifically, not technically Detroit, it's pick six because they technically can trade out of it and you would um, you can still win the bet if Will Anderson is pick six. And Will Anderson was commonly thought to be the second overall pick, like, I don't know, a month ago, maybe even weeks ago. However, the Texans at pick two are deciding between three players, Tyree Wilson at plus 130, Will Levis at plus 145, and Will Anderson at plus 275. Now, Will Anderson could definitely be the pick with the Texans, probably about a 33% uh, chance, maybe a little less but definitely could be the pick at two, and then you lose the bet. But that's why this is kind of a long shot bet at plus 650, because the real heart of this bet is that I don't think Will Anderson is going to go to Arizona at pick three. It is possible they have a massive need at defensive end, but they've been linked to two players more often than Will Anderson. They, The front office of Arizona didn't even go to the Alabama Pro Day, which is very odd to not have your GM or head coach at the Alabama Pro Day. Maybe they feel comfortable with Will Anderson's character, which is reportedly off the charts uh, in terms of greatness, 
as a leader. He was a two-time captain in Alabama. Maybe they don't need to go to his pro day. But for the picking third and not going there is very odd. When you combine that with the fact that Arizona is doing a lot of homework and pre-draft visits on offensive linemen, that seems to be what they're more interested in. They have a massive need at corner. The depth chart is barren at corner. And it is barren at defensive end as well. But again, Tyree Wilson is also defensive end, who is more heavily favored to be the pick for Arizona than Will Anderson is. And Tyree Wilson may go to the Texans. So could Will Anderson. But again, they, the Arizona Cardinals also really like Paris Johnson Jr., who is the current betting favorite at plus 225 for the Cardinals at three. And again, all the homework that I talked about of them doing offensive line work. They want to trade out of the pick, and they're probably going to end up trading with someone who, with a team that needs a quarterback because they, they're going to jump Indianapolis at pick four. And again, if I've already lost you, I'm just going through my logic of the pick. We're going to get to pick six and why Will Anderson could be there uh, directly. But this is kind of the snowball effect, if you will. These are kind of the things that need to happen here or my logic for this bet. Uh, if you don't care about my logic, okay, just fast forward. Who cares? Make the bet and move on. Don't mortgage the farm because, again, it is a long shot for a reason. But I do think the Colts are taking a quarterback at four, so that eliminates four. I don't think the I think the Cardinals are more interested in either offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. trading down or Tyree Wilson. I think all three of those are better or more likely options than the Cardinals taking Will Anderson at three. And then obviously the Texans have two options that are more heavily favored as of now than taking Will Anderson. So all of a sudden it, he could be there at five. Well, that's where the interesting variable comes in is that Seattle may be in on defensive tackle Jalen Carter, who is widely seen as the best player in this draft, but has character concerns. So you're basically betting, or what has to happen is that you have to believe that Seattle has Jalen Carter as the number one player on their board, like ahead of Will Anderson. I could definitely see Seattle taking Will Anderson because they are going to take a defensive lineman, either Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, or Jalen Carter. But it's very possible that Jalen Carter is their guy. In fact, I think Jalen Carter is only either going to Seattle, Chicago, or Philadelphia based on everything that I've read and heard, which is obviously a lot because I'm a true addict and nerd about mocking round one of the draft. But nevertheless, there is a possibility that Will Anderson is there for Detroit. And the reason I like this bet a lot is because I think that I like making bets in the draft to where, because anything can happen before that player gets picked. Like players fall all the time. But I like making bets to where if a player gets to a certain spot for whatever reason, for whatever happens before him, that I feel confident that this team would take that player. And to me, if Will Anderson gets to Detroit at pick six, which again, it's a journey to do so, as I just laid out. If he gets there, though, I do think that Detroit would be really, really happy to take him at pick six. So I consider Detroit his floor. And I obviously believe that there's a scenario where Will Anderson gets there. Again, just to recap, very brief. I don't think the Houston Texans are going to take C.J. Stroud. So I think that's out. So they're choosing between Tyree Wilson, Will Levis, and Will Anderson at pick two. Both Tyree and Will Levis are favored ahead of Anderson as of now. So let's say the Texans take one of those two. So Will Anderson's on the board at three. I have a hard time believing. I think the Cardinals would rather trade out of this pick to a quarterback needy team who would then take a quarterback. I think they would rather take Paris Johnson Jr. And I would think they would rather take Tyree Wilson if the Texans don't, all more than Will Anderson. So then let's say Will Anderson's there at four in Indianapolis. They're probably going to take quarterback either Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, or Anthony Richardson. So that leaves it all up to Seattle 
Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. I don't know what they would do. Maybe a 50-50 shot. But to me, I think it's worth taking Will Anderson to go pick six at 650, at plus 650. Again, pretty good odds, in my opinion. Moving down all the way to the Jets at pick 15. Now, and I'll do some player props after I get to this kind of positional stuff. The positional stuff is where I made the most money on the draft last year, just personal anecdote. Again, I'm not like mortgaging the farm here. I put a couple of thousand dollars and I don't really bet on any other sport other than the NFL draft. And last year, I only netted I think plus 300, but a lot of that was because of the looking back on it. A lot of that was because the bets that I made earlier in the draft process, like three weeks ago, if you will, equivalent, those are the bets I tended to lose money on. Whereas the bets that happened, you know, 24, 48 hours and during the draft, those were the bet. I would have had a lot more money had I just not bet anything until like, I don't know, 24 hours before the draft, which is right now. So that's kind of just a personal story. It could be different this year, but these positional bets are some of the bets that I made, uh, personally made some money on. So they're bets that I like. And positional bets, I mean like which position are the New York Jets going to take? And right now, defensive line's at plus 250. It is way more likely they take an offensive lineman, but I think that it's very possible that the offensive lineman that they like, maybe Broderick Jones, maybe Peter Scaranci, are taken. And Nolan Smith is somebody who could fall here. And you just have a team, the Jets, that yes, they have a good defense. Yes, they need offensive line help. Yes, if I had to say, I would bet them taking an offensive line, offensive lineman here. And I probably will have that in my mock. But I think you're betting here for a Nolan Smith slide. And I do think the Jets are really high on Nolan Smith. So in that scenario, I think the Jets would consider D-line. I also think Kalijah Kansi is a dark horse for this pick as well. So plus 250 isn't my favorite bet. It's just something I would probably sprinkle. Because again, I do think offensive linemen's probably the play here. But it just kind of caught my eye because of Daniel Jeremiah, who's really plugged in with the Jets, mocking Nolan Smith to the Jets in his previous mock. His final one comes out tonight, and we'll see what happens there. It's probably going to be Broderick Jones or an offensive lineman, but but I think that this is a nice bet to just to sprinkle. It's not one I feel a lot of confidence in, but it's just kind of one that caught my eye. Others that caught my eye in terms of positional bets moving down the draft, the Detroit Lions at pick 18 plus 1,800 to take a running back. I definitely consider Bajan Robinson a possibility to be drafted by Detroit at 18 if he is there. Is he likely going to be there? No. Bajan could go to the Falcons at 8. He could go to the Eagles at 10. He could go to the Washington Commanders at 16. Or maybe the Chargers could jump Detroit and take him. However, plus 1,800 is pretty good for a situation where, like I said uh, like I said earlier, where if the player falls to Detroit, I do think that they would take Bajan Robinson. I know they have DeAndre Swift, but I think he's fallen out of favor of the coaching staff. I think they would trade him. And they also did sign Montgomery. And that's why the odds are so low, right? Plus 1,800. People don't think that they would take Bajan. I kind of do, especially because this is a second first round pick. Detroit also takes picks at six. So they can address their defense up there. And this is kind of seen as a luxury pick. So I like Bajan uh, or running back, if you will, to go to uh, Detroit. Again, plugging positional, which team to take which position. Running back to go to Detroit at plus 1,800. And I also like the same, and I like this one even more, even though I mentioned that Bajan would likely be a possibility for Detroit. I also think he would definitely be a possibility for Tampa Bay, which is pick 19. And Bajan, or running back there, excuse me, is plus 2,200. So again, you could put $5 on that. You can do the math, or they'll do the math for you. But I think that's a pretty, again, it's not probable, but I like sprinkling in these long shot bets 
And I think Tampa Bay probably would draft Bijan Robinson if he was available at pick night somehow. Moving down to Minnesota at pick 23, plus 200 to take a cornerback. Look, I think that this pick is going to be either a receiver or a cornerback. And I'm pretty surprised that I see this as 50-50 going receiver or cornerback. Well, we don't want to say 50-50. That would be extremely generous. Like, mocking the draft is extremely difficult, as, as a lot of you know. And as I mentioned earlier, like, my confidence level, if I were to say that my confidence level on a player being matched to a team was around 50%, that would be extremely high for any pick, including pick two. I can't even say pick two. Pick one's kind of the haze in the barn there with Bryce Young going to Carolina. But even pick two, the second pick, I can't even say with 50% certain who's going to be the pick, second pick of the draft, right? So you can imagine how it exponentially gets more difficult mocking the draft as it goes on and your odds decrease. So when I mock a draft, I don't start by just pick one and then, okay, well, who's Carolina going to take? Okay, pick two is Houston. Who are they going to take? Okay, well, who's on the board for Arizona? No, what I do is I mock the players that I feel most comfortable or most confident first to their picks, and then I work around that. Because mock draft contests are all about getting picks right. So I'm going to mock the picks I'm most confident in that these teams like, players that these teams like based on all my research and overturning all these puzzle pieces. I'm going to put those edge pieces on the puzzle first and then kind of fill in the middle of the puzzle, if you will. Right. I'm going to set the borders first with the picks I'm most or the things I'm most confident about. And I do think that Minnesota at, at 23, I feel almost 50% confident that they're going to take a cornerback. I think if I had to put the odds on it, I would say 40% cornerback, 40% receiver, and 20% any other position. We'll say other, maybe quarterback. But yeah, so 40% going cornerback, but it's plus 200 odds. And it just seems like the draft is it's going to be a scenario based on my board and, and other analyst boards or how they think that this thing's going to go is that there's going to be decent cornerbacks here, whether it's either Emmanuel Forbes, whether it's Deontay Banks, maybe Joey Porter, probably one of those three is going to be available for Minnesota at pick 23. They hired Brian Flores, defensive coordinator there, who I think usually when you make a big time hire like that, usually you want to give, prioritize that, right? Give him something to work with, right? So I think they're going to address the secondary. Other than Byron Murphy, who they brought in, their cornerback position, just nobody reliable. They drafted Andrew Booth in round two last year, but he only played like 20 snaps or something like that. Only appeared in two games. They can't trust him. So I think Minnesota could definitely take a cornerback. They could also take a receiver. Again, it's either corner or receiver, in my opinion, especially in terms of mocking this. Is either going to be, I'm going to either end up with a corner or receiver. But right now, I have cornerback there. And at plus 200, I think that's a pretty good situation right there. The next pick is pick 24, which is Jacksonville. And they, this is kind of a sleeper pick, kind of a dark horse. So I'm just kind of sprinkling this. I'm not going all in. But it kind of, it's just kind of notable. The Jaguars plus 175 offensive line. I think that that's pretty favorable considering their massive vacancy on the right side of the offensive line. Walker Little is projected to take Jaywan Taylor's spot who departed in free agency. However, Walker Little, I don't know, has he made like six starts in his whole career? He's more of just kind of potential there, and he could even slide into guard. But either way, I'm not sure other than Walker Little, who it's who himself is questionable, I'm not sure what the Jaguars are going to do at the center position. I'm not sure what they're going to do at either right tackle or right guard, whichever one Little doesn't play in. They obviously want to protect Trevor Lawrence, but they haven't brought in a replacement for a big name free agent, which is Jay Juan Taylor, who went to Kansas City. They haven't replaced him yet. 
So I think pick 24 would be a great spot to do that. Yes, the Jaguars have other interests. Yes, they could take Brian Branch to safety. He'll be popularly mocked here. Uh, Miles Murphy, defensive end, if he's there, yeah, he's probably going to be the pick in my opinion. But the Jaguars have also been linked to Osiris Torrance. And Steve Oliva could also be a surprise pick here as well. And not to mention the offensive tackle. Anton Harrison could be the pick. Darnell Wright. Could be the pick. I think Darnell Wright's going to slide, as I'll talk about in a second. But yeah, offensive line plus 175 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think on other, I haven't done a lot of uh, line shopping, if you will. Like you have multiple sports books. I haven't done a lot of line shopping, but I think you can maybe find even better, uh, maybe maybe plus 200, maybe plus 225 on other sites. I've really only looked at Caesars and Draft. But I know several of you have FanDuel, Barstool Sports, et cetera, et cetera. Although I will mention that I am so mad at FanDuel because they do not offer draft bets in Louisiana, which is where I am located. The Dallas Cowboys at pick 26 plus 550 at receiver. It's not a bet I love, but just based on the, the Cowboys brought in a lot of receivers for their top 30 visit. And the Cowboys also, a top 30 visit is like a private visit to the facility. And teams have 30 of those that they can choose. It's not the top 30 players. You can choose any player. But you only have a maximum of 30 that you can use. And that's why they call it top 30 visits. Teams, certain teams have trends of drafting players who they bring in for private visits like that. And the Cowboys and the Steelers are two of those teams. Almost always in the last like decade, the Cowboys and Steelers, their first round pick is a, a player that they visited with. So I put stock into the visits with the Cowboys and the Steelers. And the Cowboys have visited a lot of receivers. They spent a lot of time doing, uh, doing homework on receivers. And they did trade for Brandon Cooks. But I think that the team's pretty pissed off that they had to watch T.Y. Hilton get significant snaps down the stretch. And I also think that Mike McCarthy has hinted, the head coach has hinted, that this pick needs to be on offense. Obviously, the Cowboys are going to follow their board. They're not just going to pigeonhole offense. But keeping it simple, Mike McCarthy has stated several times that his defense is great already. And the Cowboys have lost players on offense. They lost tight end Dalton Schultz. They lost running back Zeke Elliott. They could shore up the offensive line. The point is that they they fired Kellen Moore, right, who many perceive as a great offensive coordinator. They're obviously not happy with the offense, okay? And they've been visiting with receivers even after the Brandon Cooks trade. And personally, I think Brandon Cooks maybe has one, maybe two years probably in Dallas. So this is more than just Cooks. And I know they have Gallup too, but he's been underwhelming ever since he tore his ACL. Again, it's more of a luxury pick for Dallas, but I think what it is is trying to do everything you can to have Dak Prescott succeed. So while it is a long shot at plus 550, and while I do consider tight end probably the most likely pick here in Dallas, whether it's Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid, probably Mayer is who they like more. I think this is worth, you know, misting here, wide receiver to the Dallas Cowboys, especially what you want to happen in the draft is Michael Mayer to go earlier than pick 26, right? Because that way Dallas will say, okay, well, we really wanted a playmaker, you know, like Michael Mayer tight end because we haven't replaced Dalton Schultz. But now, you know, we have to draft a wide receiver, right? If they want to improve the offense. Cincinnati at 28 plus 400 for defensive line. I like this bet more than the last couple that I've stated. Plus 400 defensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals take defensive line with their first pick. This could be a Kalijah Kansi bet if he falls. I think the Bengals will be in on Kalijah Kansi. They have a significant need at defensive tackle. Only two players are signed after next year who played more than 100 snaps for the defensive uh, tap for the defensive tackle position of the Bengals. So basically, they're they're what I'm trying. In other words, they have expiring contracts this year. Right, like after this season, their defensive tackle room is very questionable and very empty. And the Bengals do have a history of drafting ahead. And what I mean by that is, it doesn't seem like an obvious. 
obvious pressing need now, but they know next year, based on the 2024 free agent, they know that defensive tackle will be a pressing need next offseason. So they have an, they like to get in the forefront of that. Now, I think tight end is probably more likely, just like Dallas. But again, this is plus 400 defensive line. And there are a number of defensive tackles that are projected to go around this range, other than Kalijah Kansi, Mozzie Smith, Brian Breesey. And that's just limiting it to defensive tackle, right? There could also be a defensive end here. And again, there's a lot of borderline first round defensive ends here as well. Miles Murphy could slide. But ultimately, I think that the best bet here is probably either Brian Breesey or Kalijah Kansi falling to Cincinnati. And then Cincinnati taking one of those two players and hitting this defensive line bet for first pick for Cincinnati at plus 400. The last positional bet I'll get to is the New Orleans Saints. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Saints fan. This seems like one of my favorite bets. And you can root for it if you are a local listener. But that is minus 115. No, sorry, minus 110 to take a defensive lineman first for the New Orleans Saints. For the Saints, their first pick to be a defensive lineman. Now, the Saints could trade out of this pick. But even if they do, even if they do trade back, which Mickey Loomis alluded to today in his press conference, I still think that it holds. There are a lot of linemen that the Saints have done a lot extensive research on. Defensive line is unquestionably the team's biggest need. They have a number of impending free agents next offseason. Cam Jordan getting older. They lost several defensive tackles, including David Onyemata. And while they did sign two players recently at defensive tackle, they are more seen as reserves. And there's still a massive hole at the position. Carl Granderson, defensive end, is a free agent after this offseason. And obviously the Saints lost Marcus Davenport to the Vikings in free agency this offseason. So the future beyond next offseason, not this year, but the next year, because that's how you evaluate team needs. They're not just looking at, oh, what's on paper this year. But certainly we could use the help this year at both pass rusher and defensive tackle. But the future is extremely grim after next year when there's even more expiring contracts. It's very uncertain. All that is certain is that Peyton Turner is signed through 2024. And that's pretty much it. So we need bodies, the Saints do. And not only is defensive line, not only does that encompass defensive tackle or defensive end, which we need both, but local Saints beat writer Nick Underhill also confirmed that's our greatest need and confirmed that we're doing homework at the position. And what I like most about this bet is that right around this area, pick 29, there are a ton ton of fringe defensive linemen. I said some of them for Cincinnati, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints took Brian Brissy, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Miles Murphy, if he slips here, which again, if he does, but defensive end out of Clemson, this would probably be his floor. I don't anticipate him slipping here, but I do think the Saints would take him if they if he does. Defensive tackle Adiba Ware, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, Will McDonald, pass rusher out of Iowa State. They've done homework on. Kalijah Kansi could definitely fall here. Now, Will McDonald and Kalijah Kansi don't really fit the size thresholds. They do fit the athletic thresholds that the Saints like. The Saints love prioritizing athleticism at this spot. But they also really like prioritizing length as well. And Cancy and Will McDonald don't are a little undersized for the the prototype or what they typically look for in terms of body type for this for a defensive line. But I still think they'll be under consideration because of the just because of the glaring need at the position. Keon White is another name that could be early second round pick, maybe squeaks into the late first that I think the Saints are probably high on as well. And you will note this. You will see this in mock drafts when Daniel J. Myers, all the big the big media guys mock drafts come out. Most of them will ha- probably have a Saints have the Saints taking defensive linemen. So at minus one fifteen or minus one ten, depending on where you look, that's a good number. I like that a lot. I've personally bet that. 
pretty significant. So I'll be rooting for a defensive line for the Saints, not just for my own wallet, but also because I'm a Saints fan and I think that that is the way to go. Moving on to some player props. These are three prop player props that I like. I've mostly been giving you kind of long shots here, like positional drafts. And by the way, the best time to draft those positional drafts is actually during the draft. They let you typically draft about four picks like you can't draft within four picks. You can only draft like four or more picks away. But last year, I kind of made like killing on that. So I really like betting during the draft. And it kind of takes my mind off how terribly, you know, or how, I wouldn't say how terribly my mock draft's doing, but if I am having a, a, a rough go of it, it kind of takes my mind off it, which I like. But here, three player props are more fun, in my opinion. And that is basically a line is set, a prop number is set, and it's whether the player gets drafted before or after that player. Now, Caesars has a lot of these. DraftKings, not so much. They have some, but not any that I would like, I don't know, really prioritize. My favorite player prop is Darnell Wright over pick 17.5, as in he is going after pick 17.5, and it's at plus 150. I think my logicalness is not that Wright is not a good player, because I do think that he could be a good player. My logic, and it's not that he hasn't gotten interest, because he's had a lot of pre-draft visits, except a lot of these pre-draft visits, two of the main reasons for pre-draft visits in general, like why do teams bring in players? It's usually to check up on a medical situation, get their own team doctors involved, or to meet the person, meet the prospect in person so you can assess his character so you'll notice that some guys who don't have a lot of visits are just clean prospects their coaches speak highly of them trainers speak highly of them position coaches head coaches etc 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 there's no need to bring them in no need to waste resources top 30 visits on players who are just clean prospects everyone speaks glowingly of them that's great Darnell Wright is not one of those players. Darnell Wright, if you're betting this like I am, and this is probably one of my most significant bets, other than maybe JSN, Jackson spent the Jigba going beyond pick or after pick 12.5, but that's no longer bettable because it's like minus 350 now, but I got it at, I think, minus 150 um, back in the day. But I have a lot of money on that, but I have a lot of money on this too. Darnell Wright going after pick 17.5, and Darnell Wright is not one of those clean character prospects. So I am betting that... This is basically a bet that he's going to slide due to character concern, which happens every year with one or two players in round one. Like, oh, why is this guy falling? He was projected to go in the teens, which John Darnell Wright is. Darnell Wright can go as high as Chicago to nine, pick nine, which is obviously before 17.5 we would lose. And he could go, uh, there are other tackle needy teams that fit the profile of where Darnell Wright could go, which is Green Bay at 13, or Green Bay at 15, excuse me. That's an option. And let's see, there's also the Steelers at 17, definitely need an offensive tackle. Except I don't think they're taking Wright because the Steelers, again, historically always go to the pro day of the of the player that they are going to select in round one and they did not attend Darnell Wright's pro day so I think the Steelers are going to pass even though they desperately need off the tackle but we'll see they need one so it's worth mentioning the Washington commanders are probably in on Darnell Wright if not for character concerns they need a tackle and they're prioritizing the position and then the Tampa Bay Bucks at 19 but that's after 17.5 again the bet is that he will go after 17.5 so i'm mainly concerned with pittsburgh at 17 washington at 16 and green bay at 15 so yeah it's going to be a sweat right right before that 17.5 and that's why he's set there right but i think that we are bet we should be betting on character concern uh to go to slide because historically it happens to one or two players every year and sometimes we find out right before the draft sometimes we find out after the draft like oh this is why they slid there were immaturity concerns or oh there was arrest there was an arrest uh when he was a freshman in college that the teams didn't like or oh they don't think he's a good leader whatever it is there are concerns that exist for darnell right
right? And what, again, he could go as high as nine to Chicago or it could land in the teens before 17.5. But at plus 150, I actually think this should be the opposite. I think it should be minus, if I was making odds, I would say minus 150. That, again, not like, I'm not sure thing, but I would say minus 150. That's what it should be that he goes over 17.5. But instead, it's plus 150. So I love this bet, and it's one that I've taken personally. Another one I like is Joey Porter over pick 19.5. As in, he's going to be drafted after, cornerback Joey Porter is going to be drafted after pick 19.5. That is... A bet that I like. It is the juice is on the over. I will say it's minus two hundred. So you got to bet fifty to win hundred here. However, I mean, excuse me, you have to bet fifty to win twenty-five. My bad. However, this is what the trend is. I think Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback, is going to be taken ahead of Joey Porter. So that kind of slides him down. I also think Deontay Banks, the other cornerback, will be uh, selected ahead of Joey Porter, and it's kind of within his range. So it kind of slides him down from like a. It's another team that has a cornerback need, which a lot do, but that are taking other corners, and all he has to do is get past nine. 19.5. So the way I like to approach these player prop bets is where are the possibilities that he's going to go? What destinations could he land before 19.5? Well, one that I foresee is Detroit at 18. They need a cornerback. They have a lot of uh, uncertainty after this season at cornerback. They're losing uh, a couple of expiring contracts, like players that they signed to address the cornerback position on one-year deals, including Jeffrey Okuda, who, uh, sorry, excuse me, they just traded Jeffrey Okuda. But the guys that they brought in, two of them are essentially on one-year deals. And Detroit obviously needs a cornerback after 2024, too, arguably to start this year. So so Detroit's a possibility. But the main team I'm scared of is Pittsburgh, because Joey Porter Jr., his father played for Pittsburgh. So that's a problem, right? Because easily you could have the whole great, you know, father-son narrative. Joey Porter Sr. was a Steelers legend, and the Steelers need a cornerback, and they pick at 17. So, of course, pick 17 could be a match with Joey Porter. Obvious. However, if he doesn't go to the Steelers, I'm not sure where he's going to go. Detroit, again, is a possibility, but I think I would put Porter like fifth in line on my prospect list. I think Detroit's going to have other prospects available that they like a lot more than Porter. So I, I only consider that like a 10% chance of going to Detroit. And with Washington, I think a lot. I think this is where the market is messing up or where the sportsbooks are messing up. I think that the sportsbooks believe that Joey Porter is a high probability to go to Washington Commanders, and I kind of disagree. Ben Standig, who is a guy I trust, a source I trust with, and a very accurate mock drafter as well, source I trust with the Washington, and he, he covers the Washington Commanders, he has said that the team really likes Porter personality-wise, but he doesn't quite, he's a little concerned with the scheme match. Porter is a man-to-man press corner. That's all he can do. He doesn't play zone. He's great athleticism. He's got great size. However, it's just bump and run, man-to-man coverage, and that's it. And not every team does that at a high rate. So when you're kind of pigeonholed like that, you're kind of looking for scheme fits, and he's not going to fit every scheme. So that's a reason to fall as well. So again, I'm mainly concerned about Pittsburgh here at pick 17, but if they can get past the father-son connection, and Pittsburgh has other needs. They are highly rumored to be wanting an offensive tackle to protect Kenny Pinnock. Kenny Pickett, excuse me. So they could pass on Porter. Don't think that it's automatic. I mean, I could see it, but don't think that it's automatic. But that is the one I'm scared of most is Pittsburgh at 17. I don't think he's going before Washington at 16. So again, this line is 19. This prop is 19.5 and it's minus 200. The juice is only over. But yeah, I would bet probably 50 to win 25. Yeah, no problem or some equivalent. And finally, the last bet I'll say right now, and again, please follow my Twitter 
at Fantasy Law Guy to kind of track this because the odds move, the odds shift. I will come up with more bets as I'm going. Of course, I'm going to make more draft bets. Like, obviously, it's not going to be my priority because I have to finalize my mock draft uh, by deadlines. But, but yeah, of course, I'm going to make more draft bets. But I will update and supplement this with any additional bets on Twitter. And again, please check my mock draft at FantasyLawGuy.com. The last one I wanted to say is that there's discrepancy in the market on Michael Mayer being the first tight end, which is minus 220, or Dalton Kincaid, which is being the first tight end, which is plus 140. The reason that I would bet Kincaid is not because I think that Kincaid's going to be the first tight end. I don't. I honestly think it's going to be Meyer. But the reason I would bet Kincaid there is because of the plus 140 number. Because according to their props, the discrepancy is in their props. According to their props, Michael Mayer's over-under is 23.5 on the same site, DraftKings, whereas Kincaid's prop, player prop, is 24.5. So it's a one-prop difference, but yet Mayer is minus 220 to be the first tight end taken, and Kincaid is plus 140. So to me, their player props show that they are way closer. Either it's a poorly done player prop and we need to take advantage of that. We need to take advantage of something because that is an obvious discrepancy there. I don't get it. Maybe somebody who's more experienced better will get it. But I think there's a discrepancy. And whereas there's a discrepancy, whereas the inefficiency in the market, that's when I that's what I think we need to attack. So to me, even though I do believe that Michael Mayer is more likely to be the first tight end taken, Kincaid at plus 140, considering their prop is only one off, that's a bet that, I, that I've, I've sprinkled as well. So again, any other bets that I see, I will let you know on Twitter at Fantasy Law Guy. Good luck, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. 